Oh my. That was just... <laughs> That was loud. <laughs> I had to just fumble over here for the uh, the volume for the headphones. I should have tested that before I hit record. I should have done that. <laughs> hey, welcome in. Welcome back to Tipsy Theology. See, I can say it if I try. <laughs> if I take my time and think about it. I have a question for you. Do I sound a little different today? Does it sound a little bit, you know, a little, little more, a uh, little better? Maybe? Maybe a little different? I'm in a new spot. I'm in a brand new space. I just, uh, I'm in a podcast studio right now. <laughs> and I'm testing their equipment out on you guys. You guys are my guinea pigs. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and we're going to see kind of how it sounds in here. See if it's any good. See if it's better. See if I like it. See if you guys like it. We'll go from there. Well, enough of that. <laughs> you know, in the, the last episode was heavy. That was a big one. Um, I I love the feedback that I got from you guys, and I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. I really want to do more stuff like that um, with some of those harder hitting topics. That's what we're all here for. That's what we're about. We wanna we wanna we wanna tackle the 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 tough stuff, and that's why I think it's so important. For this series right now, in the um, the foundational stuff, if we want to go <laughs> use that, I think that's so important to lead into the the bigger, more complicated uh, topics. Um, we got to start at the foundation. We need a strong foundation to build from, and uh, yeah. So in light of all of that last episode, that last one, I thought it would be best to take this opportunity for this episode, to talk about God's justice. Now, this has to be one of the most difficult aspects of God for us, me, <laughs> pointing it at me, to accept. And the reason for that is because we, uh, I like it. I'll talk about me. I'll make it about myself. <laughs> I like it when it's convenient, meaning when it's the the hand of justice is not pointed at me. <laughs> I like to be on the uh, pointing end of the of the justice and not the receiving end, the pointed end. <laughs> and so we hate it. I hate it when it's that when it's pointed at me like that. And you know, then we twist it. I twist it to mean what I want it to. I'm I'm not trying to point fingers at you guys. <laughs> I'm trying to receive all them. Let's make it about you. We t- we twist it. You twist it. You sick sick person. <laughs> And make it mean whatever we want it to mean. Or we just ignore it when it's not convenient for us. Um, So, difficult stuff. Difficult stuff. (sighs) And I think to tackle all of that, to really dive into it, I'm going to need a drink. It's drink time. (laughs) Now, because I'm in a new space and there's rules, (laughs) it's not as easy as I can do whatever I want at home. They've got rules to abide by here, and I, you know, I just moved in. I don't want to break all of them yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> one of that is there's not a lot of alcohol. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so anyway, I made this drink. This is I've been watching this show called Drink Masters recently on Netflix, and it's where they get all the mixologists, like the best ones. I'm guessing for the country, maybe the world. I think they're all from the United States. Maybe some of them from Canada. Either way, 
Uh, people that are really good at making drinks, they get them all together and they compete. It's kind of like kitchen. Oh no, what's the Hell's Kitchen? Is that what it is? Basically, all the good chefs that compete with one another. It's that, but for drinks. And so I watched enough episodes, and like any <laughs> any uh, you know humble person, I looked and I was like, I can do that. <laughs> it's probably not that hard. It's hard because um, those people are way smarter than me, <laughs> and they understand flavor a lot better. But anyway, I was like, I'm gonna try my hand at this. And so the drink that I'm having today, um, it doesn't have alcohol in it, but I made it at home and tried it, and then I made a variation of it today to drink on the podcast. And also so I wouldn't get kicked out. <laughs> but anyway, I gave it a name. And I made it specifically for this episode. And it's called uh Sober Like a Lord. Sober as a Lord. <laughs> you think I know what it's called. Which is a I blended two idioms if you didn't get it. <laughs> Because I'm going to be like that guy who tells you a joke, and instead of just thinking you'll get it, I'm going to explain it to you. It's called sober as a lord. So I don't know if you guys know, there are two phrases. One of them is sober as a judge, and the other one is drunk as a lord. <laughs> Those are idioms. <laughs> I think I think they're idioms. Are they phrases? What is, what is, what is an idiom? A group of words established by usage as of as having a meaning not deducible from those of the individual. Who writes these <laughs> definitions? I know less about it now than I thought I did in the beginning. A characteristic, mo a character, a characteristic mode of expression in music or art. An idiom is a phrase or expression that typically represents a figurative... Non oh, yeah, okay, so it's an idiom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was right. I don't know why that was so confusing. <laughs> I feel like an idiom was like... What does that even word even mean either? Are they talking about like an idiot? <laughs> That's an idiom. Yeah. I don't even care where it actually came from. We're going to go with that one. It's a phrase for idiots. And so, yeah, that's what that is. So I blended the two together because I thought that'd be fun. So what is it? What's in it, you ask? I thought you would. <laughs> so this is um, coffee liqueur. Liqueur. Coffee. Coffee liqueur. <laughs> with cranberry and vodka. Is it delicious? I actually think it's pretty good. I'll be honest. I made it a few different times at home to try to get like the right balance, but let's give it a little taste. And the best part about this one, I don't have to guess at the flavor notes. I know exactly what's in it. A little ASMR. It's good. I like it. It's a little it's a little sweet. It's a sweeter drink for sure. Um and honestly, it kind of has like a like a chocolatey flavor to it. Something about the coffee liqueur. Cure. <laughs> so mysterious, that word. <laughs> Very evocative. <laughs> I read a book recently, so I think I know big words now. Anyway. <laughs> it kind of tastes like a, my roommate said this yesterday. I made him try it. He was like, it tastes like a, a chocolate-covered cranberry. 
And I have to agree, it kind of does. It's pretty delish. Yeah. So anyway, why did I why did I name it that? And why did I think these? Well, I just thought those were kind of cool. And I was like, you know, we're talking about justice. There's a judge. What's like the most sober drink? It's like coffee. That's what you think. Like, hey, drink a pot of black coffee. That'll sober you up. And I was like, that's kind of cool. And then I was thinking about just like sweetness and um, like lords. And I was like, cranberries. <laughs> Why do those two things go together for me? I don't know, but they just kind of do. And so I was like, do those flavors work together? I don't see why not. So I put them together, and I was like, nice. Now we need vodka. <laughs> we need some something in here to spice it up. Oh, I also put some bitters in it. I forgot about that. I put a few dashes of bitters to add a little bit more texture to it. Kind of makes it taste like a tree. It's kind of cool. Kind of cool. <laughs> anyway, I've been enjoying that. Make it for yourself. Um, you're like, well, we don't know how to blend it. That's fine. <laughs> No, so what I did, because I want you all to enjoy this, it was two ounces of vodka, I'm going to say four ounces of cranberry, and two ounces of the coffee liqueur with three to four dashes of bitters in it, and it's amazing. I just kind of stir that bad boy up, and then throw some ice on it. Boom. Nice and chilled. Delicious. It's like a cup of coffee. I just can't stop. Uh, anyway, <sighs> it's time we get into this. Have I been pushing it off a little bit talking about all this? Absolutely. Because it is a big topic. And I think that's that's what what I'm finding the more and more I, I dive more into these is on one side it's cool to see how these attributes of God kind of overlap in some ways. There are things where it's like, you can't necessarily talk about one without talking about the other or correlating the two. And the reason for that is because we're talking about a, a singular being. <laughs> it's like I'm not talking about two different people. It's like I'm talking about, we're talking about God. And of course those attributes will overlap. It's like when we talk about someone you know, it's hard to just emphasize on like, who is this person? And just focus on one specific thing. Some people are boring, and they do just have one thing they do. <laughs> but when you want to take in the full scope of who someone is, a lot of these things really do kind of jump together. And um, this is a big one. Justice is a big one. And I don't think because it's necessarily complicated, even though it, it is very complicated, I, I think. Um, but because it's harsh. And we it's that's something that I don't think we like very much. We don't like when something is definite all the time especially when we look at ourselves um because we like to we like to move around in the rules a little bit <laughs> uh i'm, I'm my, myself i'm that way i joke about it all the time where if you give me a set of rules i'll i'll break them immediately <laughs> i'm like cool that's what you want me to do what if i did whatever i wanted <laughs> And then when I get in trouble, I'm like, what? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> and that's just because judge, uh, justice, judgment, whatever you want to call it. It's, um, it's scary. It's scary. I don't like it. 
But I do like it at the same time. It's great. Again, it's great when I'm the one pointing. You know, it's funny. Uh, total tangent here. Uh, I recently just got a jury summons, and I was so excited. <laughs> I've I've wondered for years why I haven't gotten one yet. And then I'm like, you know, I just, I feel like this is meant for me. <laughs> I'm great at judging people. I'm a, I'm a perfect juror. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I, I got to check that off my bucket list just the summons i'm i'm I've not been elected i've I've got to wait like a month before i can even like report in to see if they even need me still but it's kind of cool i'm kind of looking forward to it i'll be honest um yeah it just sounds like a fun day out of the office <laughs> going to judge people doing my civic duty as a vessel of justice <laughs> so that's cool but anyway I like being the juror. I don't like being the judged. <laughs> None of us do. Because why would you like that? Um, but yeah, so it kind of goes into it. When we ask the question, you know, we have to define the terms here. So what is justice? So in the broadest sense of it, justice is when people get what they deserve. <laughs> and again, we love it when the bad guy the bad guy doesn't get away with it when we 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 want him to get what he deserves if you've done something bad we want to see we want to see you pay the consequence for that that's why we root for the good guy because he is fighting to to get the bad guy um and yeah yeah because we want to see justice served and so um what's cool about this is that before god everyone is equal and deserves the right to be treated with fairness and dignity. We see that from from Genesis. We see that to the end. Is that everyone is on this equal playing field of deserving to be treated fairly and with dignity. And dignified. Yeah, I think that's right. But what's scary about that is because we're all treated fairly. <laughs> That scares me. I want favoritism. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. It's like it's it, even the same thing. If I was, if I was put before a jury, not the juror, unfortunately. And that's the funny thing. So even for me, if if I'm judging somebody, you would hope in some ways, like, oh, judge me fairly compared to this other person. Like we want that kind of equality in our normal day to day life. You know, don't judge someone differently because of something they wear. And it's just like, you know, judge them the same, f fairly. But we can't do that. I just think that we can't, but we don't do that often because we're very unfair people. <laughs> we don't treat people the way that God treats people. We have favoritism. <laughs> and I like favoritism. When it's in my favor. <laughs> Again, it's like, it's so, it, this is what makes it very, very weird, and we get it jumbled up ourselves. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, why do we need justice? Well, for the reason I just said. <laughs> because of favoritism. <laughs> yeah, we need justice because not everyone is treated fairly and with dignity. We don't do that very well. There are those bad guys who mistreat other people. I'm calling myself a bad guy, apparently. <laughs> we don't... 
<laughs> we don't have to look very far. I've given you a multitude of them. <laughs> we don't have to look far to see examples of how others have been mistreated for the benefit of someone else. I mean, you could look at some some companies. You could look at people's personal lives. Why is someone where they're at versus another person? Um, I'm not saying this is always the case. Some people don't just some people don't succeed because they've mistreated people, but some people are where they're at because they've mistreated people. <laughs> and we love it when those people get judged and get what they deserve, whether that's, you know, a demotion, whether that's jail, whatever that is. Um but that's that's not often what happens. Um and that's something that we're all guilty of. We want to see justice served, except for when it's against us. You know, the shoplifter is only sorry when they're caught because they're afraid of getting justice. We love watching them get caught, but when someone cuts me off in traffic, I pray that there's a cop up ahead who will pull them over. Now, when I'm speeding, I hope... There isn't one 17 miles from me, <laughs> so I can get away with what I'm doing. I, I love justice. We love justice when it's convenient for us, <laughs> but we need justice because it's not convenient for the very reason <laughs> it's there to protect, protect the people that are oppressed. And, um, yeah, we oppress people a lot. And I, sometimes it's one of those things that's so small. But a lot of times it is something that can be, that can, that can be bigger. And we like to look at, and look and point at those things, but not necessarily at the things that we're doing. Um, like cutting someone off in traffic. It's very simple. But it's like, oh, I've just oppressed somebody <laughs> in a very small sense. It's not the same scale of me stealing something from them. I, I don't think so. But it is in the sense of I took advantage of someone. I didn't treat them fairly on the road. <laughs> I looked at them and I was like, cool. I'm going to, um, in a sense, like endanger them, mistreat them so I can get ahead, literally get ahead of them. <laughs> now, how do we know what justice is? Like, how do we know, yeah, what is justice? We kind of ask, like, what it is in a broad sense, but... Um, like how do we, you know, in order for there to be a need for justice to be served, to be, to be, to get, to give someone what they deserve, there needs to be a failure to uphold something. That's how we know like w why, like when it, when it needs to be in place. So for example, I grew up in Ohio, um, Northeast Ohio represent, <laughs> and there it's, it's, it's illegal to make a U-turn. Like you people do it but i mean you're not supposed to do it <laughs> and in florida where i live currently it's like a way of life here <laughs> i don't think i could drive anywhere without making a u-turn now if i make one a u-turn in ohio then i'm guilty of disobeying the law and there is a reason for someone to hold me accountable I could receive justice for my actions. <laughs> I could get a ticket. I could, whatever it is, maybe, uh, probably just, a, I don't know, maybe a stern talking to, but it's like, I am now 
um, in a place where that is what I deserve. I deserve to be pulled over. Um, now, if I do it in Florida, I'm not guilty of disobeying anything because there's, you know, so there's no reason for, for me to get what I deserve or for justice to be served because I didn't do anything wrong. Um, so it, it's good to look at those places of, yeah, when is, when is it necessary? And for it to be necessary, you need to do something that is wrong, that is a mistreatment of somebody or something, a disregard. Now, we as people are un- inherently unjust. And you better believe that I am an unjust person. <laughs> we commit sins and crimes against each other all the time. The only difference, this is kind of what I said earlier, is that we're not always caught or it's sometimes not a big deal. <laughs> even at the at the sake for even at the um at the cost of oppression oppressive behavior persisting. That was a really fancy way to say that. <laughs> yeah, there 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 are those levels of things like I was saying before that we put into place. Even like being rude to someone, um that's like you're mistreating that person. You're not treating them fairly. You're not treating them with dignity. Um, but we do that because we think it helps us get what we want. <laughs> um, yeah, it just gets it gets kind of confusing in there sometimes. And so because of this, we need something outside of ourselves to keep us accountable. <laughs> and so we know how we should act. Does this sound familiar? It should because we call it the law. <laughs> now, if done right, our justice system is a superior power to the judges who uphold it. A better way to say that is the law. The law is a superior power, S- saying this is what just, what is living justly. I guess would be a, a way to say that. Now it is it is outside of ourselves this thing, and it compels us to obey it. Otherwise, there are consequences. The law says you need to do this. Otherwise, this. And so us, it's kind of cool because it, you know, works. Uh, <laughs> it works against it. We don't like we don't like getting what we, you know, the consequences of of those things, those negative consequences. So we're compelled to obey it because otherwise, these other things happen that we don't want. Now, a judge is is not inherently just. He represents what is just, and it's his job to uphold the law, to uphold justice. So, um, yeah, so the question, how does this relate to God? So while it's not weird to hear a lawyer persist, justice requires X, Y, Z. (laughs) This is not the case with God. A lawyer, us, a judge, they're underneath the law. God is not underneath any kind of any kind of law. It would be an error to say this as it assumes that there is something outside of God that urges him to act. Nothing compels him to to follow a set of rules like like it is the same for us. This would be to say <clears throat> that there is a principle superior to God. The truth is that there is nothing outside of him, him being God, that can command obedience. God is not the same as the judge, as the lawyer, as us. He does not represent justice. 
He is justice. And that's such a crucial detail in looking at at justice in relation to God and God's justice. God does not act justly to conform with an independent set of rules. He simply acts like himself. Because he is unchanging, he will only ever act justly because that is his nature. That is who he is. I think it's cool we see in um, Psalm 9, 7 through 8. Let me pull that up. I should have. Should have had that ready. <laughs> Nine, seven through eight. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. Actually, I'm going to keep reading. This one's really cool, too. In 9 and 10. <laughs> the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And we see we see here this this symbol of uh, in the psalm of in the psalmist praises God for his right, righteous judgment for his righteous he righteously rules with justice. And that is something to to praise him for because we know he's not going to just flip-flop and change his mind and be like, oh, no, now this is wrong. (laughs) He is consistent in that um, his justice will always be just. Now, if God rules justly, I hear you ask, and myself sometimes, all the time, most of the time, (laughs) Why is there still injustice? If he is such a righteous ruler, why do we see so much un- so much unrighteousness? Unright- that shouldn't have been a tongue twister, but it kind of was. Whew, I'm going to need to take a drink for this. <laughs> uh, this is such a multifaceted question. That's such a fun word. <laughs> <laughs> that it's difficult to give a straightforward answer to this. Um, not that I'm the you know the old answer machine here, but <laughs> it is it is difficult when we really want to break down this this idea. And so it's important to say first of all that there is a difference between justice on earth and the justice of God. More specifically, more specifically, God has tasked us as image bearers, to uphold justice on earth. If someone steals, they need to pay the consequences for stealing. God can and will judge those who commit these acts, who commit um, oppression, who oppress other people, who mistreat others. In the end, and sometimes on earth, you know, more immediately, we see, we see both. However, he has tasked us with that duty primarily. It is our responsibility as earthly representatives, his image bearers, to take care of the needy and oppressed by upholding justice. <laughs> and so, f- first, why is there oppression? Because God mercifully gives us the ability to independently make decisions. There is injustice, uh, injustice and oppression because we choose to commit it. Okay, so if we choose it, 
then we should be judged for it. Right? Well, yeah. <laughs> and the quick answer is we are. We are judged for it. Um, so here's where it can get a little bit complicated and confusing. Quick recap. Um, just a little friendly reminder. Uh, God is incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a huge level of incom- incomprehensibility to him. Um, I was going to say this earlier, and I'll say it now. I think what's what's so cool about that, and this is, I think, maybe what adds to some of the confusion sometimes for us, because in the end, like, there's so much that happens. There's so much outside of ourselves that we could never begin to fully comprehend that... Even even within these one attri- these simple attributes of God, we we can't fully grasp the idea of it. And there are attributes of God that we can't even begin to the the just unimaginable attributes of God. Things that we can't even begin to grasp or put a name on. And and um, yeah, I'll go from there. So there are those that God judged immediately, and there judges immediately, I should say, and there are those that he judges later. Now, before we go further, it is a great point at this level to talk about God's mercy. Mercy, 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 mercy. <laughs> Our favorite word. <laughs> Mine, because mercy means I'm not getting what I deserve. <laughs> And I think it's easy for us to look at justice and mercy as two separate things um, that are incompatible with each other. Justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. <laughs> so how can God be just and merciful at the same time? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and um, you're right, it kind of doesn't. <laughs> Now, the first thing to understand is that God is not dueling with himself. I think this is such a huge, important point when we look at this. Is What I was saying earlier in the beginning is that God is not um, these individual parts. He's not made up of pieces and parts. Um, he, is, he is one being. He is all that he is. Not parts that have to perfectly correlate or be timed to not overlap with one another. <laughs> you know, like, oh, he's just right now, but he can't be merciful, and they can't overlap, so judges over, now mercy is in place. <laughs> it's like, you know, he's not these separate pieces that are at war with, with each other. He is both just and merciful. And he cannot be just without being merciful or merciful without being just. Merciful and just is who he is, not parts of who he is. And I think that's what adds this level of complexity to this whole thing. And even this this idea, the incomprehensibility of God, is that we're talking about... Um, you know, it's, it's not it's not these very like black and white pieces that like oh this one's a little bit gray this one's black and white this one's a little bit you know turquoise whatever it is <laughs> it's no he he is all of those things and uh, l- like earlier it's like he's 
he's not abiding by a set of rules. He he's acting like himself. This is who he is. And I think that's that's such an important um piece to hang on to in all of this. That's what's that's what's helped me when I think about this is that yeah, cuz I I so easily correlate it to myself of I you know, um like I said, I don't, I don't often, I'm a little bit of a, re- a rebel sometimes, but let's say for the sake of it, I'm a rule follower. You know, those people that are just like, they follow the rules and they're salt of the earth. We need those people because <laughs> they compensate for me. Who's like, yeah, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> and a, a lot of times it's when you look at me compared to, you know, some of the, some of the thoughts that I have in comparison to what is good, what is just they don't they don't correlate <laughs> but i can say that i'm wrong because in 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 the eyes of justice i'm deserving of judgment in that of getting what i deserve the negative consequences attached to disobeying the law and the law is right i'm saying that with you know some people are like the law's wrong. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, like, let's just say this let's, for the sake of the argument, please. <laughs> I don't want to get into politics right now. <laughs> um, for the sake of it, the law is right, and when you compare me to it, let's just talk about the Ten Commandments. That's a great one. <laughs> let's make it easier. Why don't Why don't we make it about the you know political laws? <laughs> Ten Commandments. Me in comparison to that, not very good for me. It's not looking great. <laughs> But then when you compare God to it, it's like, oh, it's looking real good. <laughs> but it's not because he is such a rule follower. It's because he is those. He is being himself. And when we extrapolate those, we say this is justice. This is consistency because God is consistent. He is who he is and he will always be who he is. He is the I am. And so one of the best examples of this, this idea of him being both just and merciful. Happy Happy Good Friday, by the way. I can't believe I forgot to say that at the beginning. This is it's Good Friday when I'm posting this today. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I, I thought of this this example. And I think it's it's such a beautiful example in light of this, in light of salvation and what God did for us is the fact that we can receive salvation, the fact that we can receive it and not get what we deserve, that is an act of mercy. Now, what about justice? Well, the just part of that, the the deserving part of that, what we should deserve, God paid the price, that price for us. Through Jesus, we are justified before God. It is both justice and and mercy. And I, 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 I absolutely love that. And I, I think that's such a beautiful thing to see that. Because when we look through the Bible, we tend to split the New Testament into the New and the Old Testament into two separate categories. You have the Old Testament, which is justice. It's wrath. <laughs> and we have mercy, Sorry, we have the New Testament, <laughs> which we would say, oh, that's love, that's mercy. But God is unchanging. The Old Testament displays God's justice and mercy, and the same for the New Testament. 
you cannot you cannot have one without the other because just and merciful is who God is. He is being himself. Um, you know, when we look at the Old Testament, we think of the flood, um, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, stuff along those lines. We think of those things. Um, and yet we ignore that God saved his creation through Noah's obedience. He showed mercy to humans, <laughs> to the human race, to all of creation. And Noah was obedient to that. And then we don't look at um, in the Abraham interceding with Sodom. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, negotiating? Not negotiating. Pleading? Pleading's kind of a way. Reasoning. That's the word I was looking for. Reasoning with God. Um, for Sodom. Being like, hey, well, what if there are... I can't remember the the numbers, like 10 saved people. Will you destroy the entire city for that? And God said, okay, I won't destroy it for the sake of 10. If you can find 10 people that are righteous in Sodom, then I won't do it. I think I'm quoting this right. (laughs) I could look it up, but that would take too long. (laughs) Um, And we, we see that. The God's justice and his mercy working together. Um... And because God cannot be just without being merciful because it is who he is. He is simply acting like himself. And I think that is, that's the important thing when we look at any any point of God, any attribute of him, is that this is not something, uh, this is probably the fourth time I said it because it's so important. And it, it's meant a lot to me to see these things, is that God is not, um, complying with independent rules or independent ideas. He's being himself. And what's important with that too is then when we place ourselves into it, oh, well, God is this, so he must do this. No. God is who he is, <laughs> and he will do what he does. <laughs> Sometimes those things correlate. And I think that's where our faith and our walk is important where our desires become God's desires, what he desires for us. Those two things, when they correlate, it's, it's, it's pretty nice. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> but they don't often because, and this is the very reason, like in the, in the very beginning of this, this, whole, um, this whole journey here is what I said for myself was, I want to make sure that I have a right, I want to make sure we have a right understanding of who God is, the attributes, and I think that's why it's so important to go, to walk through these, um, and I hope I'm doing this justice, I hope, <laughs> justice, <laughs> I hope I'm doing it, I hope I'm doing this well, and this is beneficial to you guys, it's been very, 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 very beneficial to me in how I think about who God is, and our theology is stunted by the level of, in, in how we hold God, what we think about him. Um, and it's important for us to think rightly about who he is. He's not in any way compelled to do anything because of something outside of himself. We can't, com- we can't command or compel God's obedience to do what we want. <laughs> because, well, because you're this, so that. 
It's like, no, he doesn't have to do those things because there's nothing outside of himself that can command his obedience. I'm kind of saying the same thing because it's it's very, it's, I don't know, I'm getting shivers just saying it. <laughs> so I'm like, let's keep going. Um, I hope that makes sense in that. Um, but anyway, back to, I shouldn't say anyway, we're continuing this. <laughs> back to point, um, the, the original point in that question um, you know, why aren't the wicked judged immediately? You know, the, uh, the psalmist, we talked about him. I think we see that a lot there or in Ecclesiastes or in a lot of other places in the Bible. It's just, why do the wicked prosper? <laughs> why, do you, why do bad people not get what they deserve? You know, why isn't justice being served? It's the end of a movie where, you know, the bad guys win. And it's just like, what the heck? ASMR break. Um, you know, it's we don't like that. So this is this is Paul's answer, not the Apostle Paul, the one that you're listening to. <laughs> Why does that happen? It's because God is merciful. And you'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I hear ya. I hear ya. <laughs> Um, God gives us the time that we have, and not only that, he gives us the chance to obey him. He gives us the opportunity. Um, if we, if he were to judge us all immediately for what we have done, we would all just be dead real quick. (laughs) We would all be very, very dead. (laughs) And I have to thank God for the mercy that he has in that he allows me the time, he allows me the opportunity, the chance to turn from those and begin the process of just being justified before him, begin the process of sanctification, of justification, to use the big word. <laughs> when we're saved, when we receive salvation, we are justified before God because God paid the price of his justice for us so that way we could receive mercy such a beautiful thing it's so good i love it (laughs) i absolutely love it and on earth here when we're alive we receive salvation we receive the mercy we begin the process of being justified to the point of justification um i think i explained that right (laughs) so it is it is through mercy that we are given the chance to repent and receive mercy at all. Along that same line, God gives us the opportunity to do our job well, to seek justice for actions on earth. As his image bearers, as his earthly representatives, he's tasked us with that. And we need to do that. (laughs) And we aren't very good at it. And because of that, those that profit off the oppression of others are allowed to prosper. The wicked prosper because we aren't doing our job, because we allow it, because we aren't always seeking justice for those that have been mistreated. And especially when we look at it in light of salvation, it's like, how could we not do that? How could we not look and say, we need to to take care of those that are being taken advantage of. (laughs) Because we received the ultimate act of kindness 
of mercy. And then we're going to turn and be like, hey, cool. Let's uh, let's take advantage of this guy. <laughs> and we're all guilty of that. It doesn't matter what label you go underneath of. You know, if you call yourself, if you call yourself Microsoft or you call yourself the church down the road, <laughs> we aren't in the business of taking advantage of people as God's representatives, especially as Christians, when we say, yes, I accept the duty that God has given me and I choose to represent him on earth. I choose to be his representative and do it well, to, to be his imager the way that he has called me to be. We need to be in that business of not taking advantage of people of, um, yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> I'll leave it there for now. We could go on a whole other rant for another <laughs> a whole other hour. <laughs> but anyway, justice sucks. <laughs> I'm sure you're wondering how I was going to fit that title in here, but then I just squeeze it on in. <laughs> so why does justice suck so bad? It's because we're the ones in charge of it on earth. <laughs> God is really good at his job. He's almost too good. <laughs> so luckily, he isn't um, only just, and he allows us to receive mercy from his justice. He will judge us all. But until that day comes, it is our job to do our job. In, that, in this case, that is to seek justice. If someone is being mistreated, we, you, I, we need to speak up. We need to do something. We need to say something. And to quote a great, great man, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I think I said this in the last episode, <laughs> but I'm going to say it again because honestly, I really like the quotes from National Treasure. Those that have the ability to act have the responsibility to act. <laughs> I probably should have said it in his voice. Though I'm terrible at his voice. I can't do it. You think I'd have a decent impression because I, uh, I love Nicholas Cage. <laughs> He's, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's another rant. Another reason for you guys to judge me. Please don't judge me. <laughs> and yeah, especially as Christians, it is our duty to act. We are to image God to seek justice and show mercy. The beauty is, because we're not very good at it, and our I, I, I would say our inclination is to not do either of those things. <laughs> we're, we're, we're takers without God. <laughs> the beauty is that we have the Holy Spirit. We have God who will help guide us through what that means and what it looks like. We also have scripture, the Ten Commandments. What does justice look like inside and outside the church? We have that too. Paul talks about that. <laughs> These are all such important things. It's like we're not just left high and dry. God lets us know, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. This is how you're supposed to do it. This is what it looks like. And if, you, if you're confused, ask me. I'll talk to you. I'll let you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I think what's, what's so interesting about this episode is how it really has led, I, I, in some ways, away from talking about God, God's justice, and more about uh, us. <laughs> and I think that's important because we're God's earthly representatives. That's, that's how we're supposed to treat one another. When we have an understanding of who God is and what his justice, justice is, 
we need to take that and apply that to ourselves because that's what we're, that's what we're here for. We're here to represent him well on earth. And now, all of this to say, it's not that easy. It's not easy. But I think it's important here to think about, um, to add to the confusion of it, <laughs> maybe, maybe clear it up a little for some, is to think about Job. So here's a guy who was doing everything right, and his life kind of goes to poo-poo. It goes to crappy <laughs> And then he was blamed <laughs> by his friends, I guess, for receiving justice for his wickedness. The problem is that he didn't commit any unrighteousness. <laughs> he was doing everything right. He was being he was a good guy. And then everyone's like, yeah, you probably screwed up. <laughs> but then because we see Job pleading, we see him being like, what's happening? <laughs> but then we see God step in. And it's a long monologue, so I'm not going to read it all, because it's long. Um, and I'm not confident enough in my reading abilities. <laughs> You've heard me talk. Imagine me trying to read. <laughs> You've heard me read before. You know what, it's, you, you know, you know what you're in for. <laughs> but then we see after Job, after all of this is happening, everything has happened. I think what's important about this, which I think is so cool, is when we look at Job. In how he complains, I guess, <laughs> to God, is that he's not in a place where he's accusing God. You know what I mean? He's not. He's not working from a place of um, this is what I think you're supposed to do, so you should do this, or you should have done that, or you shouldn't have done that. I don't. Um, but instead, what he says is, God, I know you are just. I know you are good. So why are these things happening if you are those things? And I think that's, I think that's important for us, too, when we look at how we approach God. And it's to understand our place. And wh- what I love about this, this is when the, the Lord steps in and answers Job. And he reminds him of his place. <laughs> And it starts here in in chapter 38, and uh, this is ESV again. Sorry, Trey. (laughs) Actually, I don't even remember what what translation Trey likes. Trey, let me know. I'll I'll read your translation (laughs) in honor, in in memory. Yeah, in honor of you. Let me have a little, let me give you guys a little drinky drink, like a Samara action before I read this. Yeah, I know you like that. <laughs> I'm going to read the Bible now. Uh, <laughs> in 38, the Lord answers Job. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. <laughs> or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Who Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together 
And all the sons of God shouted for joy. I had to turn it into a question there because I wasn't reading ahead. <laughs> or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and the thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no further, no farther. And here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? That it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked shall be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld and their uplifted arm is broken. And he goes on for a while. <laughs> he brings up a lot of things. <laughs> but I do want to skip a little bit here. Because I think we get the idea. God's like, yeah, where were you? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> and jumping down here to, to chapter 40. And the Lord said to Job, Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer it. And when I read that the first time, I was like, <laughs> I was like, holy cow. <laughs> and then we see Job, he's like, okay, hold on. <laughs> then Job answered the Lord and said, behold, I am of small account. <laughs> what shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. <laughs> I have spoken once and will not answer twice, but I will proceed no further. He's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not as great as the Lord. <laughs> but then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. It's like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> if I was Job, I'd be like, hey, hey I said I get it. <laughs> No, don't, please don't ask me any questions. I don't know the answer. <laughs> oh, boy. Will you ever put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? Oh, that one hits. Have you an arm like God, and can you thunder with a voice like his? Adorn yourself with majesty and dignity. Clothe yourself with glory and splendor. Pour out the overflowings of your anger and look on everyone who is proud and abase them. Abase him, I think is the right word. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low and tread down the wicked where they stand. Hide them all in the dust together. Bind their faces in the world below. Then will I also acknowledge to you that your own right hand can save you. <laughs> and he's not done. <laughs> God goes on for a while, and uh, he lets us all know our place, <laughs> not just Job. But I think that's, there was, there was the verse in there in particular that really stood out to me that was just like, oh my gosh, dang, that, that one hits. <laughs> Uh, I scrolled down. And I'm trying to find it again. Yes, verse eight in chapter forty. Will you will you ev even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? 
what's crazy about that is how often that is the case when it comes to the justice of God, when it comes to any part of God. We want to, when things don't go the way we think they should, the way we want them to, rather than looking at, God, you are good, you are faithful, you are vastly incomprehensible. I wasn't there (laughs) when you laid the foundations of the earth. I can't command anything. We don't often think that way. Because when we don't get what we want, we point fingers and we condemn God. So we can be right. And when we look at when we look at the idea of breaking down scripture, the idea of breaking down the ideas of who God is. We shouldn't, we never should, and I hope we don't, do that for the sake of making ourselves right, of making our thoughts good when they contrast with God and who he is. God is not compelled by something outside of himself He is who he is, and those things that he is, is just, is mercy, is love, is goodness, faithfulness, righteousness. And we can't forget those things. We can't ignore those things because it doesn't look like the way we want it to look. It's hard. It's difficult. It's infinitely more complicated because there is so much. But in the end, it's good. Thank you so much for listening in. And I'll talk to you hopefully sooner rather than later.